guys today we're going to read chapter 9 near to a locust again the sun sank then that star came that bids the shepherd bring his flock to the fold that brings the wearied poor man to his rest but no rest did that star bring to the argonauts the breeze that filled the sail died down they furled the sail and lowered the mast. Then once again, they pulled at the oars. All night they rode, all day and again, when the next day came on. Then they saw the island that is halfway to Greece, the great and fair island of Crete. It was Theseus who saw Crete, Theseus who to come to Crete upon another ship. They drew the Argo near that great island. They wanted water. They, they wanted fame to rest there. Minos, the great king, ruled over Crete. He left the guarding of the island to one of the race of bronze, Talos, who had lived on after the rest of the bronze men who had been destroyed. Thrice a day would Talos stride stride around the island. His brazen feet were tireless. Now Talos saw the Argo drawing near. He took up great rocks and he hurled them at the heroes very quickly. They had to draw their ship out of range. They were wearied and their thirst was consuming them. But still that bronze man stood there ready to sink their ship with great rocks that he took up with his hands. Medea stood forward on the ship, ready to use her spells against the man of bronze. The, in, in body and limbs he was made of bronze, and these were what he was invulnerable. But beneath the, sin, the sinew in his ankle, there was a vein that ran to, up to his neck that was covered by thin skin. If that vein were broken, Talos would perish. Medea did not know about this vein when she stood forward upon the ship to use her spells against them. Upon a cliff of Crete, all gleaming stood that huge man of bronze. Then she was ready to fling her spells against him. Medea thought about the words of Arate, the wise queen, had given to her that she was not to use spells and not to practice against the life against the life of anyone. But she knew that there was no impiety in using spells and practicing against Talos, for Zeus had already doomed all his race. She stood upon the ship, and with her magic song she enchanted him. He whirled round and round. He struck his ankle against a jutting stone. The vein broke, and that which was the blood of bronze, the men flowed out of him like molten weed. He stood towering upon that cliff, like a pine upon a mountaintop that, that the woodman had left half hewn across that mighty wind pitches against. Talos stood upon his tireless feet, swaying to and fro. Then emptied of all his strength, Minos 
man of bronze fell into the Cretan Sea. The heroes landed. That night they lay upon the land of Crete and rested and refreshed themselves. When the dawn came, they drew water from a spring, and once more they went to broad the Argo. One day came a helmsman and said, Tomorrow we shall see the shore of Thessaly. By sunset we shall be in the harbor of Pegasi. Soon, O voyagers, we shall be back in the city from which we went to gain the golden fleece. Then Jason brought Medea to the front of the ship so that they might watch together for Sicily, the the homeland. The mountain Pelion came into sight. Jason exulted as he looked upon that mountain. Again he told Medea about Chiron, the ancient centaur, and about the days of his youth in the forests of Pelion. The Argo went on, the sun sank, and darkness came on. Never was there darkness such as there was on that night. They called that night afterward the Pall of Darkness. To the heroes upon the Argo, it seemed as if black chaos had come over the world again. They knew not whether they were adrift upon the sea or upon the river of Hades. No star pierced the darkness, nor a beam from the moon. After a night that seemed many nights, the dawn came. In the sunrise, they saw the land of Thessaly with its mountain, its forests, and its fields. They hailed each other as if they had met after a long parting. They raised the mast and unfurled the sail, but not toward Begazi did they go, for now the voice of the Arco came to them, shaking their hearts. Jason and Orpheus, Castor and Polydelsius, Zetes and Calais, Peleus and Telamon, Theseus, Admetus, Nestor, and Atlanta heard the cry of their ship. The voice of the Argo warned them not to go into the harbor of Pagazi. As they stood upon the ship looking toward Ilocos, sorrow came over all the heroes, such sorrow that made their hearts nearly break. For for long they stood there in utter numbness. Then Admetus spoke, Admetus who was the happiest of all those who went in the quest of the golden fleece. Although we may not go into the harbors of Pegasi, nor into the city of Ilocos, Admetus said, we still we have come to the land of Greece. There are other harbors and other cities we may go into, and in all the other places that we go to, we will be honored, for we have done t- through toils and dangers, and we have brought the fleece, and we have brought to Greece the famous, famous fleece of gold. So Admantus said, and their spirits came back and again to the heroes, came back to all save Jason. The rest had other cities to go, and fathers and mothers and friends to greet them in other places. But for Jason there was only a locus. Nadea took his hand 
and sorrow for him overcame her. For Medea could divine what happened in the Locus and why it was that heroes might not go in there. It was to Corinth that the Argo went. Chiron, the king of Corinth, welcomed them and gave great honor to the heroes who faced such labors and such dangers to bring the world's wonder to Greece. The Argonauts stayed together until they went to Caledon to hunt a boar that ravaged Prince Melegras' country. After that, they separated, each one going to his own land. Jason came back to Corinth where Medea stayed, and in Corinth he had tidings of happening in Eleusis. King Peleus now ruled more fearfully in Eleusis, having brought down from the mountains more and fiercer soldiers, and Aeson, Jason's father, and Alcamade, his mother, were now dead, having been slain by King Peleus. This Jason heard from the men who came into Corinth from Thessaly, and because of the great army that Peleus had gathered there, Jason might not yet go into Eleusis, either to, to exact a vengeance or to show the people the golden fleece that he had gone so far to gain. So that was chapter 9. Bye guys, see you later. See you later, see you later, see ya. See ya. Later, bye guys.